Thank you for listening to the Redemption Church podcast. For more information about Redemption Church, please visit redemptionokc.com. You can stay up to date on sermons by subscribing to our podcast on iTunes. Thanks again for listening. Oh man, it's good news. Audra, come on up here. Hey, we want to take a minute. Uh, School is starting. And some of you are glad to be back with your friends. It's been a long time since you got to be with them. But most of us are not back the way we want to be. And so uh, we just want to stop and pray for our, our schools. We want to pray for our students. We want to pray for our parents uh, as you send your kids back to school and some of you are teaching. And um, man, it's just a crazy time. You know, I've seen all my teacher friends are posting pictures of their masks and their screens and all their stuff. And everyone's just having to overcome hurdles right now. And uh, we're sitting here in a school and kids are going to be filling these halls this week. And so we want to take a minute and just pray for you all, pray for our students all over, all over the city. And, um, and really just ask the Lord to be gracious to us in this time. Audrey, yeah, so I, I wrote a prayer yesterday. If you will uh, bear with me, I'm just going to read it straight. If you all want to bow your heads, let's pray together for our school. Father, we call upon you today as the great peacemaker. We pray that your peace would reign in this school this year. We pray that your peace would cover the people and the places within these walls. We acknowledge that you are over all things and support all things. We acknowledge that it is by your gracious hand that we have life and breath. Father, we pray that those walking these halls who know you will be drawn ever closer to you because of their abiding faith in you. We pray that those walking these halls who do not know you might be drawn to you in spite of the turmoil going on around them. May your peace be felt in hearts and minds and bodies of those working and learning here. May your peace be not just a feeling, but a transcendent power that cuts through the cultural clamor and brings about your goodness. Father, may we be faithful to remember those teaching, leading, and learning in these halls each school day and pray for their good, their salvation, and your ultimate peace in their lives. Thank you, Father. Amen. I want to encourage you also, just as you kids um, are in different schools around the city and different places, I know a lot of schools are having prayer walks, and there's a lot of opportunity to go and to actually pray for your school. And, man, I would just encourage you to jump in, uh, maybe even lead the way in some of those things as we want to be a presence in our city and, be, and just be a blessing to our city. So uh, look for opportunities to do that. I also want to let you know that um, because we're in school, we want to honor our school. We want to be respectful towards them, and they're starting this, this next week. And so um, they have a, a requirement that everyone wears masks within the building. And so next Sunday, we're going to do that as we're coming in and coming out um, as well as just a way to, to be respectful towards the, towards the school. And so I wanted to let you know about that. And then obviously the, the, the following week, actually, our city uh, has a mandate for that to be enforced. And so we're, we'll be moving in that direction as, as, as a church family. Uh, let me pray for us as we jump into the Word today. Father, today is a little different. We're going to be looking at some different stuff, and I just ask that your, uh, that your mercy would reign um, in our hearts, that your grace would, um, would be overflowing from us to one another. Uh, Father, we ask for your presence. Uh, God, we're excited about some of the things happening this fall, even in the midst of a crazy time in our world, and uh, Father, we know that, um, that nothing that's happening is, is a surprise to you. Uh, Father, we know that you go before us and that you stand beside us. And so we walk confidently by faith in this season. And Father, 
Uh, we're excited to see what, what it is that you will do in us and in our city in the days ahead. Uh, Father, we believe that the best is yet to come, and we trust, we trust you in that. And Father, we long for the day when, uh, when, when Jesus returns and all things are made new and all things are set right. But until that day, um, we labor, we work, we love, we serve uh, in order to, to bring you glory and, and to make Christ known in the world. Father, we, we are here for you, for your Son, and we're here by the power of your Spirit. Amen. Well, we've been in this series called Day by Day, Joy with Jesus, and uh, really just in the kind of chaos of this time, we've wanted to lean in and just say, man, let's just take it moment by moment, day by day. What does it look like for us to walk with the Lord in and out? And this past week, we started what we're called 40 Days of Focus. And in that, we've been walking through a devotional book and just uh, twice a day stopping and pausing and just meeting with the Lord. It's just a good reminder to us to do that. And I wanted to just say, and it's been just a good reset for me. I've enjoyed the interaction with many of you as we've talked about that and some of the online interaction. In fact, if you're interested, we've got a group me text string of people just encouraging and kind of passing on insights they are learning through that process. And uh, let us know if you want to join that. I uh, also want to let you know, it's not too late to jump in. Um, we have, we've got a Zoom uh, we, we kind of did a Zoom equipping session before this to show you kind of what biblical kind of experiential prayer looks like and what that looks like from a Christian perspective. And so we'd love for you to jump on it. You can watch that. We've got it recorded. And so you can, you can catch up on that if you'd like. But also I just wanted to encourage you with one story I've heard about how this is impacting people already. Uh, someone texted me this week and, or messaged me and just said, man, I jumped on this 40 days uh, thing with y'all yesterday and today too. And then I did a thing. I asked five or six people at work if they wanted to do it with me and they all said yes. Then I thought more about it, and I talked to a few other people, and now we're sending out a company-wide email and putting it in our newsletter, which goes out uh, this week, and we're going to purchase the books. Uh, the, the, the company's going to purchase the books for anyone and everyone who wants to join in, and starting in September, the, this company is going to do this kind of 40 days of focus together. And isn't that a cool thing? The, the fact that we did this now, they took it and you're seeing this ripple of people in our world and that's what the church ought to do. We ought to be a blessing to our community in showing them what it looks like to trust a God who is good and a God who is gracious. And so uh, it's not too late for you to jump in if you wanna do that. But we're gonna take a pause from uh, kind of this day-by-day -day series that we're in right now and we're gonna actually go and do something a little different today. We don't often do this on Sunday mornings, but and there's a lot of things happening in the life of our church and kind of like you get back to school orientation, uh, when you go back to school, we're going to kind of back to, back to church orientation as a lot has happened over the last few months, but we haven't had a chance to be together. And we really thought if we try to get another meeting together, it's going to be hard for people to jump in. And so we just, it, we feel like this is important enough that we want to, we want to kind of tell you about some of the big things happening in the life of our church uh, this morning. So today I'm going to give you quick updates on membership, on elders, on, uh, on deacons, on our finances, and on a potential building purchase. Now, I know that's the one everyone wants to know about, so I'm going to do that at the very end. Uh, this isn't my first rodeo. I know how this thing works, and so uh, we're going to push that to the very back of our time and make you hang in there. But first, can I just tell you why this is so important? And our, our world needs the hope of the gospel. Our world needs hope right now. Matthew 9.36 says, When Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. They were harassed and helpless. Other translations say uh, that, that they were worried and hopeless. They were confused and aimless. They were bewildered, troubled, distraught. Can you think of a better description of our world right now than that? I mean, that, that, when I look at our world, those are the words that I would use to describe our world. And when Jesus looked at his world uh, at his, in his day, those are the words he used to describe his world. 
Did you know that uh, we recently went through a three-year stretch in our country where our, our actual life expectancy declined three years in a row for the first time since World War I? You know what the causes of that decline are? Drug overdoses and suicide. And do you think we have a problem? We're in a hundred-year low in terms of a decline in life expectancy, and it's because of self-inflicted wounds. That's painful for us to think about. I read an inside quote this week by rock musician and screenwriter, which is where you go for all your wisdom in the world, uh, but Nick Cave, and he was talking about how bankrupt, he, he was recognizing how bankrupt kind of the ideologies of the world are in our day. And he had this to say, he said, as far as I can see, cancel culture is mercy's antithesis. Political correctness has, go- has grown to become the unhappiest religion in the world. It's once honorable attempt to reimagine our society in a more equitable way now embodies all the worst aspects that religion has to offer and none of the beauty. Moral certainty and self-righteousness shorn even of the capacity for redemption. It has become quite literally bad religion run amok. Man, that's pretty fascinating, isn't it? For a guy who is, is a rock musician screenwriter to be watching the world and seeing the cancel culture that's kind of just running amok in our world, and, and he calls political correctness a religion. See, the, the fact is that, uh, that, that the progressives who started out going a certain way have often now become more pharisaical than the religious people. We see Pharisees on, that are religious, and we see Pharisees that are very irreligious, but there's no mercy it makes our world a pretty merciless place, doesn't it? And our, our world needs the hope of the gospel right now. now the, the most troubling thing, a stat that I looked at this week, actually was from a new survey that came out about the church. And here's what's bothersome. The church can't find hope in the gospel either. When you look at the stats, um, this survey said that while about 65%, so two-thirds of Americans describe themselves as Christians, less than, or about half think they're going to go to heaven. But that, that right there is a little problem, right? But if you've got two-thirds that think they're Christians, it says only one-third of people believe they will go to heaven because of their belief in the gospel of Jesus. Most people in the church that identify as Christians think that they're going to go to heaven because they can earn their way through moral behavior or because of some kind of universalism that just all roads lead to heaven. That's a problem. It's most concerning when you look at the younger generations. Based, just 20% of those in the 18 to 29 demographics say they believe that Jesus, that the confession of their sins and trusting in Jesus would lead to eternal life. It's, it's, in, in the next group up, 30% of those 30 to 49 and 40% of those 15 up. But when you think about the next generation and the future of the church, that doesn't bode well because the church is the lighthouse that tells people about the hope of the gospel. And if we can't find it, this thing's going to be destitute. Has the world ever looked more lost like sheep without a shepherd? I don't know that it has in my lifetime. But here's the thing. I know a guy. And you know a guy. We know a good shepherd who loves sheep. And he loves to chase down lost sheep and pick them up and carry them home. And and, and he loves to lead them beside still waters. He loves to give them a, a banqueting table. He loves to watch over them and set them on a new course that's better for them. And so we have the hope of the gospel. And that's why we need to lean in, I think, in this time. It's why it's so critical for us to continue to press forward, even in in times of trial. It's why we need to advance in the church um, during times of hardship, maybe even especially during 
times of hardship. So let me share with you some of the ways we're going to try to advance this year. Um, believe it or not, good things can actually happen in, even in 2020, right? And so uh, one year ago, uh, in the fall of, of 2019, we actually did a sermon series through the book of First Timothy called The Good Fight. And we really were laying the groundwork at that time for uh, what, it looked, what it means for us to be a healthy church and have healthy church leadership. And so we we're talking about church membership and we we're talking about elders, and we we're talking about deacons and kind of God's plan for the leadership of the local church. And so during that time, and we kind of kicked off all these things and began this. I want to share with you some progress. Uh, since that time, in terms of church members, uh, church members really uh, are an important thing in, in the life of our church and give us a lot of stability and strength. And you guys are all invited into that process. And so um, you can read there on the slide behind me. Membership is the outflow of scriptural teaching, which calls, members, calls us members of one body, each with different functions in the church. Christ exhorts us to love one another in the sphere of mutual accountability to take the gospel to all nations as a community. This is just general description of what membership is. And so we're members together. And we've been able to welcome 54 new members since last year into the church and since we started this official membership process. And, and today we get the chance to welcome 12 new members. And so people that have gone through this process of studying the workbook, which takes several hours, we tried to make this a really meaningful practice. And so there's a Bible study that you do that orients you to kind of what the Bible has to say about church involvement and what a healthy member looks like. And so we get to welcome 12 new members, and I think we've got their names here. And, and can we just welcome those guys to, be, to our family? It's a good group of guys and gals jumping in with us. So welcome to the family. Um, I also want to tell you that we are about to install our first elders as a church here in, in the very near future. And so elders really are nearing the end. And um, I think, I think we've got another slide there on elders that we'll throw up there. But elders really are nearing the end of one year of training. And we've been working through kind of training and assessment uh, that began last fall. And we've been continuing that process. And when we think about elders, uh, we really start with kind of the four C's of leadership, as we call them. Uh, it's calling, character, competency, and chemistry. Man, calling just is there a sense of God's call that we feel on this, this person's life to lead in the church. Uh, when we think of character, it's, man, do, are these the kind of men described in 1 Timothy and Titus and, and the, that the Bible describes that, that have the character? Not that they're perfect men. Um, sure hope that's not the standard because we'd be in trouble. Uh, but, but that these are men who are seeking to, to be more like Jesus. Competency, do they have the skills and training needed to do the job and, and the gifts? And then when you think of chemistry, that really is, and do they fit who we are as a church? Do they, do they, do they value the things we value? Are they about the things that we're about as a people? And uh, do, do they gel well for, with us as a leadership team? So uh, that's kind of where we go with that. This elder development process that we've been in really has been four aspects. We studied a book called Elders and Leaders and talked about the role of the elder and what the call biblically is to be about. Um, we really did some character assessment. And so uh, we interacted with their spouses. We interacted with that. And I got to love letting your spouse tell you where you're weak, right? And share that with your friends. But we, we had some good conversations there. We shared life stories. We got to know one another and talked about, man, our hurts and our habits and our, our, uh, our kind of high points and hard times that we've been through and struggles. And so we really got to know the hand of God in their life over, over a number of years. And then we did some theological training and um, just systematic and pastoral theology. We've got 50 plus questions we've been answering. Guys go study and then they come back and we discuss those things. And so these are questions like, uh, how do you know the Bible's God's word and why is it different than other books that claim to be divine? 
Um, and so that's, that's one of the questions. Uh, what do you believe about eternity? Who goes to heaven? Is there a hell? What about people who have never heard the gospel? What will eternity be like for believers? That's, that's one question, by the way. That's not, I, know, I know it feels like more, but that's just one in the ones we're talking about. And then we've got some more pastoral type questions that we've worked through. Like you're, you're talking with folks after a Sunday service and a young man says he would like for you to pray for him in regards to his pornography addiction. Um, what would you do and how would you on the spot counsel this man? And then a follow-up to that. Um, to follow up with that, in a follow-up meeting with this young man, how would you then explain the gospel of grace is related to the process of sanctification? What would you encourage him to do in his fight against sin? So I just, I share that because I want you to understand, these are the things we've been talking about and what we've been working about, working on, um, kind of in this preparation process of just training guys to be able to, to shepherd the body well. And so that's kind of where we've been. And um, in September, we'll get to introduce these men to you. And then later this fall, we will um, be able to affirm them officially as elders. And so, and that's a, a significant mile marker for us in the life of our church. So that's really encouraging um, for us. Next, I want, I want to talk to you about deacons. Deacons are ministry leaders that are focused on specific ministries within the church. And so we, we are inviting about a dozen, dozen or so people this fall to kind of jump into a process of exploring what it would be like for us to, or to be trained as deacons and, and try to launch them really this, uh, this January. And so uh, just to give you one example of what that might look like, I've asked Jeff Tate and Pearson Whittington to kind of help lead the way with our student ministry this year so I could focus on some other stuff. And, and these are guys that have been faithful. They're faithful leaders. They're going to do a great job leading that ministry and have an awful lot of experience. And so they're already serving in kind of a deacon-like role uh, even though we haven't given that a title, and there's other leaders in our body that have been serving in those kinds of ways too. But just to give you a picture of what that might look like here within our church. So I know that's a lot of information. I think it's important for you to know that because these are the things that we've been working on behind the scenes, but they're going to bear a lot of fruit for us in the days ahead. And I want you to, to be aware of those things. I also want to give you three ways you can find out more about these things and other things in life for church coming up uh, this fall. And so uh, we mentioned earlier that we've got a Redemption Connect coming up on August the 30th. And so uh, you, if you're new here, and you, this is really for you. Uh, we just want to sit down, get to know you, answer any questions you've got, um, which just gives us a chance to connect. And we're going to do that via Zoom. I'm sorry, uh, is it August 30th or 31st? August 31st. It is 30th. My bad, it's August 30th. So slide is a little off there. Then I want to also let you know we've got a membership workshop coming up on October the 25th. And so if you're at a place where, man, you've already done the newbie thing, but you say, I want to know more about what it looks like for me to be an ongoing member of the church, then jump into that workshop on the 25th. And also on September the 12th, we've got a leadership equip workshop. And this is open to anyone, anyone that is interested in our leadership pathway, what it looks like to move from being a member to beginning to work your way into leading in a serve team, leading in another capacity, leading as a small group leader, um, or deacons, elders, maybe God's calling you to plant a church or be a missionary. Um, we would love to invite you into a leadership pathway and you can come and we're gonna, just going to share kind of the big picture, 30,000 foot vision of kind of what that leadership development looks like here within our church. And so that's on September the 12th. Uh, so those are just three ways you can get more information. Uh, let me give you a quick financial update. I want to mention, um, just tell you where we are. Our budget year runs July to June, and so we just finished up a budget year. There's a handout that looks like this. You can get some on the back tables. You can also download this from our website. If you just want to go out to our website, there's a button there to click, and you can download a copy of that if you'd like. But let me just tell you kind of where we've been in the last year. Our initial budget for last year was for about 400, or just a little over 467000 
Um, our income was under that was about 430, it was just a little over 437. Now our spending was 433. So what that means is we, we came in under budget in terms of our giving, which meant we had to cut back some of our ministry and missions and things that we wanted to do there. But we were very careful with what we were doing. We stayed on top of it and really watched it and we really kind of pulled back. And so we, in the end, we came out about $4,500 ahead in terms of just the bottom line. Um, but I think, uh, which, which honestly, in, in a COVID season and a down economy felt like uh, a very gracious thing. We did also uh, go through with a federal PPP loan. And so uh, that actually put some additional cash in our savings, which is a really good thing. And that's a forgivable loan that um, we should be forgiven, or the, the debt should be completely forgiven here very soon. So in the next slide, I want to get, show you budget allocation and gives you a pie chart here. And you can see the, the numbers there uh, kind of just tell you general categories of where our money went. And I want to point out just one aspect of that. The personnel says 61%. We really would like that number to be closer to 55. Uh, but whenever we didn't make the, the kind of budget number, our original budget plan, 467,000, would have put that number right at about 56. So it would have been in close, a little more in line. But what happens is our fixed, our fixed items that we have to support our, our facilities and our, and our staff, and so our, our personnel button, uh, line item. And so what happens is whenever we're a little bit low there, what gets pinched is our ministry programming and our missions. And so that's the thing that got cut back. So that number's a little high, but we, would, we want to work that back down to about 55 um, really in the future. So let me say our budget for next year is uh, 445, just a little over 445,000. So uh, we've cut back over what our budget was last year. And it's pretty much in line with what giving was this year. We're really close to that. And so um, I, I do want to say there's no wiggle room in this, in this budget. Like the, this is a place where it, like any cuts, we're going we're gonna to feel them if we have to make any cuts. This is really kind of a, a bottom line wiggle room sort of thing. So with that in mind, um, let's talk about buying a building, right? Um, yes, I, I recognize the fact that moving from talking about a very tight budget to talking about the biggest expense in our church's history seems like a bit of a misnomer, right? Um, let me tell you why, why we want to uh, talk about this today. Um, we think a building's mission critical to help grow our ministry, we think, we think this step is going to be essential for us to be able to grow our, our ministry and, and grow as a church. For three years, um, we've been talking about this. We've been talking about this for a long time. And I know that, you know, I, I feel like I keep waiting for a season where there's not a lot of changes or transition, but I'm not sure those exist anymore, right? And so I, I think there's a point where I just had a conviction as we've walked through the last few months of, man, it's time. It's time for us to step into that and, and, and to just take a step of faith. And I think sometimes, uh, I know it sounds a little crazy to think about buying a building during a pandemic, but I think also sometimes these moments create opportunities. And so that is a, is a realistic thing for us, I think, to look at. Um, here's, here's a reality for us. I think over the last few years, one of the things that we've said repeatedly is, I think the most difficult hindrance to our ministry effectiveness is not having a home base not having a place to operate ministry, ministries out of uh, on, on a seven-day-a-week basis, not having uh, a place that's ready for us, but a place that we have, you know, it, we come in every Sunday and we're still in startup mode, and we're still doing that. And we've seen, honestly, just a, a little bit of a downward trend in terms of attendance, in terms of giving. And I think the biggest reason for that is just weariness of being in a startup church and being in a church that has to set up and tear down every week. And it takes so many of us to pull off doing this 
that I think that just becomes a hindrance to us. And so as we, as we look at that and as we think about that, I, I've, we, we've honestly been looking for spaces for quite a while, but we've, we didn't really feel like the timing is right. And I think for me, having membership in place and having elders and having deacons and having some of the stability that we see in our church and the health of our staff is really giving me a lot of freedom to say, I think now's the time. And so as we think about kind of moving forward, uh, I also want to acknowledge that when COVID hit, we kind of had to own up to the fact that being in a school is pretty iffy. The, the, the idea that we could meet regularly in a school where there's going to be shutdowns if there's any kind of tick up in COVID, I think put us in a little more precarious position. So when that happened, we really put our foot on the gas and just said, man, we need to go look and, and see what's out there and see if we can find a place. And so we began looking at a lot of different, at a lot of different spaces. And in the last couple of weeks, an opportunity has arisen, which we believe might be God's provision for our need. And so um, I want to talk to you about that today. But here's, here's the reality for us is uh, this is going to be a big step of faith. And we need to know, like, can you guys get behind this? Are you guys excited about this? Will you guys jump in and say, yes, we're going we're, we're gonna to jump all in? in this process. And so let me start by just introducing you to our future facility team. When we think about our future facility, and we're really desiring to, uh, to, to find a space where we can put roots down as a church family and really establish a gospel outpost for the kingdom. And so I wanted to share with you kind of our, uh, our future facility team because there's a lot of good guys working on this team. Um, Chris Clark, David Cole, Brandon Kuhn, myself, Jeff Tate, Cameron Turner, Jesse Wilson. Um, th- this is the, the group of guys that's been working with us on this project and giving us good input. And, man, it's been a really good team to work with. We've got some guys that are, have been in the church really since the beginning. We've got some people that are fairly new to the church. But these guys are way smarter than I am in, in areas of real estate and finance and uh, legal issues. And so we've got a diverse team that they're bringing their gifts and their talents and their wisdom to the process. And, um, and honestly, I feel like we have some good give and take. We push back on one another and uh, we don't mind asking questions. And so there's just been some healthy dialogue. And uh, this past Thursday night, we, we met till late into the night, just talking about this, crunching numbers, looking at it, praying, and just exploring this. And, and really, um, at the end of the night, we each agree that we, need, we ought to take the next step and see if God would open the door for us to, to continue this uh, pursuit of this property. So friends, we're, we're holding this open-handedly. Uh, we're, we're trusting the Lord and we're, we're, we're trying to hold this really, really loosely. But we also are walking by faith and having the courage to believe that God would open up a door for us. And we think this is a reasonable risk to take, but it will be a big step of faith. Uh, friends, it almost always takes money to move the mission forward. And so we're going to have to talk about money. Uh, and so any, any movement towards a building is going to mean that we're, that we're going to have an increase in our budget. It's going to mean that we have a, a significant down payment. It means it's going to mean it's going to require a loan. Uh, it's going to require a capital campaign. Um, some of you get squeamish when you just hear that phrase, capital campaign. Can we just acknowledge that? Uh, Jesse made me promise we would never put a thermometer on the wall, um, counting the thing. Um, and, I, and I told him I thought about it, but we don't even have a wall to put one on. So, uh, like, I don't know where I'd put it. Um, but the, it's likely going to mean we need to raise about $150,000 very quickly and about another $300,000 in pledges over the next three years. And so that probably, as we look at it, is kind of what, um, what, we're, what we're looking at. And we're, as we get a little further along in the process, obviously we would set 
Uh, we'd give you more details in terms of the financial side. Uh, nothing set in stone. We don't have anything agreed upon. We don't have a purchase agreement or approval for financing, but we have decided to move forward and take next steps to go and see if we can't find some resolution to those issues. So I'm telling you about all this because this is a really important week for us in the life of our church. Uh, we are going to be continuing conversations with the owner of that property and seeing if we can't figure out what it's going to cost to get in that property. Um, and so we're going to be stepping in and, and, and beginning those conversations. We're also going to be meeting with several institutions and talking about financing and uh, potential loans. And so those conversations are happening this week, and we really we wanted you to know about that before we stepped into, the, into those spaces. And so we're asking you to pray with us and to pray for us and, uh, and, and really just want you to know that this week a lot of those things are going down. Um, and can I just shoot straight with you? We've, we've said it, one of our goals is we want to be as transparent as possible. And uh, we went back and forth the other night how much, how much information to share with you about all this stuff. And there's just a little tension. There's always a dance when you get into these conversations um, because there's still a long way to go in this process and anything can happen. And so we don't for sure know the outcome yet. And so there's a part of us that goes, ah, maybe we shouldn't tell a whole lot. But then it feels like we're asking you to give money to something and you're not sure why or you'd even want to give. And so we feel like we need to tell you a little bit more. And here's my fear. My fear is that if we tell you a whole lot and you get really excited, it can be really discouraging if, if we don't get to walk through that door. Uh, every, it'd be kind of like going to, going to the car lot and driving a new car and just getting a whiff of that new car smell. You know, and then you got to get back in your minivan and you've got the Chick-fil-A crumbs in your seat and the fries smashed down on the floorboards. And like we, I, I know that could be hard. So we're just going to have to be adults here and we're going to have to be mature and just know that, man, we're going to hold this open-handedly, but we're going to walk by faith and keep moving forward. And then we'll adjust as God, um, as we need to. So here's what I want to do. I want to share a few pictures with you just to, just to kind of show you what we're talking about in this space. Um, as you look at this, this would be the foyer of the building as you would come in. Uh, the, the next slide gives you, and am I, am I right in your way so you can't even see? Uh, the, the next picture there would, would give you the worship, uh, worship center. And the capacity there would be about 350 to 400 people. So it's a really good size for where we are. It would give us room to grow. Um, and next slide gives you a picture of kid space. We might want to throw some paint on there, but uh, there's just some great kid spaces. Another picture of another kid's classroom. And then uh, another one that I think we have to fight over because it looks kind of like a student room, the next one up there. But uh, student leaders have already told me they've got another room picked out. So uh, we may have to have some conversations there. But I just wanted you to get a sense of this is why we're excited. And wanted you to get a sense of the opportunity that might be out in front of us that if God were to open the door, we would be able to move into that space, keep all the stuff, and, and begin to have church there. And so there's a pretty phenomenal opportunity. And here's the deal. Um, we just, we believe redemption needs a sacred, permanent, roots-down place where we can proclaim the gospel to our city and where we can disciple those that God brings our way. And just think it's time. But it's going to take an all-in investment to get this done. It's going to take all of us working together. It's going to take each one of us being willing to, to pitch in and to be a part. And it will be a challenge. And be honest, I don't know if we can do it. But I know that, that with God's help, I'm confident that we can if he wants us to. And I'm confident that he's going to care for us all the way through. Now, friends, if this space doesn't work out, I want you to know we still want to move forward with the space. And so we're, we're going to move forward in this direction no matter what. And we're going to trust that this, will be, that this is a space God's going to bring until he closes the door and takes it away. And then we'll, then we'll reassess and look, look for how we need to move forward.
Can I just give you five statements? Of just, I, just wanted, I just was thinking about my heart, things I want you to know about my heart as we think about this. I, I personally have a strong conviction that it's time for us to find a church home. I sincerely hope that this building is the one that God has for us. I feel like it is risky to make this move during a time when our world feels so uncertain, but I believe that this has the potential to be an amazing testimony to a world of our faith in our God. And lastly, I'm confident that God has a plan for us in this building or another one that we don't even know, yet, know about yet. That's my heart. So, so that's what I, I want to invite you into, into that. And I want to ask that you pray for us and ask the Lord if he would have us take this step. But let's pray in faith. Let's not be fearful. I, I love for 2 Timothy 1.7 says, God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and of love and of self-control. So we can act in courage even when we can't see the end and know exactly how the, the course is going to move forward. I read a quote this week that, speeds about, that speaks about kind of taking bold steps of faith. And I love the way this uh, describes it. It says, man cannot discover new oceans unless he has the courage to lose sight of the shore. Like, unless, you, unless you venture out, unless you take a step, unless you, you leap and you go for something, you're, you're never going to get to a new place. And I think for us as a church, I just have a building, growing sense that it's time for us to take a step and to go and to make this happen. So this moment should feel like an adventure. It should feel like trusting God to do something that we can't see exactly how he's going to do yet. I think that's the way steps of faith always feel. Now, at the beginning of our time, and we, we looked at Jesus' words in Matthew 9. And Jesus looked out upon a city and he saw that people were confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Now, what do we see about Jesus in that moment? Matthew 9, 36 says, when Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion for them. And his heart was stirred for the people that he saw. He was motivated to act with love towards moving towards those that were around him. That was the thing that, that compelled him and drove him. And as we think about buying a building, we're not buying a building because we're worried about our world. We're not worried about COVID and politics and all this stuff. That's not a good reason to buy a building. We're not buying a building. We would not buy a building um, so that we could be comfortable in our world. But, but it's worth it to buy a building out of compassion for our world. That we want to make a difference. That we know, we know a good shepherd that those lost sheep need to know. We have a hope that they don't have. And our world desperately needs the hope of the gospel. And so we want a house where we can put down roots as a church to make a lasting gospel impact in our city. We want a sense of permanence that we can operate that becomes a home base for the mission that God's called us to. And, and I, as I've prayed about this over the last few weeks, can I just say my heart is increasingly just stirred for the city, for the people around us, but also for your families and for, for raising up disciples in, in this time that we find ourselves in. Friends, we wanna, I, wanna, I want us to have a house where we can raise our families in. We want a house where we can have weddings that honor biblical marriage. We want a house where we can have funerals that, that remember the loved ones who have gone on to be with the Lord. We want to have a house where we can baptize those who have come to faith. We want to have a house of mercy that we can invite people into where they can discover the grace of Jesus and the Good Shepherd. And we want to have a house of prayer, a house of worship, a house of teaching, a house of training, a house of discipleship, a house of friendship, a house of celebration, a house of confession, a house that we invite people in to meet with the God of the universe who meets us there in a sacred space that we call 
that we call church, which is really a people. But we want to have a house for us, for our church family. And so we want to seek the Lord in that. So, friends, let me just say, this is going to take each of us. And maybe you're watching online, and it's going to take, it's going to take you too. Maybe you're new here, and I want to invite you to come and to be a part and to lock arms with us and to, to see this through and to take this step of faith with us. But it's going, to take, it's going to take our gifts and talents. It's going to take our investment. And it's going to take our sweat equity. And it's going to take really our heart and our passion for the city and for us to see this through. So I want to invite a couple guys up to come and just pray for us. Cameron um, Turner and Chris Clark. And these are two of the guys on our future facility team. And we just want to pray. We want to ask the Lord to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think. And um, we've got a long way to go in this process. And we're going to share more information with you as it's available. But, uh, but we just know that the next week or two are very critical. And so uh, we want to stop and we just want to pray together. And then we want to ask you to continue to pray with us in the weeks ahead um, as, we, as we seek the Lord and really see what he has for us. So you with me in that? All right. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for this first Sunday that um, we can just come seek your face. Father, I, I thank you for just leadership, uh, particularly as it relates um, to this next mission or next step uh, in our church. Father, as, as, as one of the men of the group um, exploring this opportunity, I just, I, uh, Father, we just come to you with humble hearts and, and humble eyes. Father, we know that this is um, a big step for us. We also know that it's an even bigger step of, of hope and faith that, um, that we need. Father, I just, I just pray that you be with all of those that are looking to explore this. I pray that you be with all of the members of our church. Father, this will not get done without your, your hands. Father, I just pray for our hearts and minds as we explore these opportunities that, that we are doing it in the right manner, Father. We are, we are doing it with your mission in mind. And, and Father, each step along the way, I would just hope and pray that you would either open doors or close doors if it's not part of your mission. Father, we... These are just such tough times in our world, and it's hard to balance the uncertainties of what's going on with the hopes and dreams that we have for our church. It's hard not for our human minds to get overly excited about such opportunities when we, when we see those in front of us. But Father, I just pray that, that again, you be with each of us Help us find your mission. Help us find the right heart as we move forward. Father, thank you so much, though, for what you've done for this church. Father, I thank you so much for the opportunity that we have had to, to meet in a school. Father, I thank you for living in a country that we can freely worship you. As we move forward as a church, as each of us go home, Think about this, pray about this, meditate on this. Father, I pray that each of us seek your wisdom. And I just pray that, 
again, if this is not, not the current opportunity or if this is not the vision that you would have, that you would make that abundantly aware. But if this is the mission and the plan that you have for this church, I just pray that each of us would boldly move forward. Father, it will take, a, it will take a little bit of a leap and it will take a lot of faith. And I just pray that each, you give each of us that faith, that strength, that knowledge that you have a plan and that your plan will always come about. But we are still just humans, Father. And I just pray that you give us strength, hope, and encouragement as we move forward in this path. Yeah. Yes. If you're comfortable, uh, maybe just lift a hand to the Lord right now. And this is a posture of just saying, Abba, Father, right? Abba means Daddy. So like children, we're just lifting a hand to our Abba, Father, right now. And we're saying, Father, we ask, we ask because you tell us to. We ask because we are your children that you love deeply. We ask that your will would be done, your kingdom would come. And we ask specifically for this church home to come to pass. So, Father, like children, we just lift our hands to you. We trust you as our daddy, as our papa. We thank you that you care deeply about this. This isn't just numbers on a page. This isn't just a building in the city. But you look upon this, and you look upon your people, and you have compassion and tender love and care over your church, and we thank you for that. And so we ask in that spirit, would your will be done? I was going to ask you guys if you'd read a scripture with me as we kind of wrap up this time of prayer. And that's Ephesians 3, 20, 21. And would you guys just read this out loud? Um, because this is ultimately why we're, why we're here uh, and ultimately what uh, kind of our heart behind all this is. So uh, would you just read it out loud with me? And let's just proclaim this. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen.